Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. As we move into the new year, we're all wondering if 2022 will be better for us than the last couple of years. Well, today we have two amazing guests on the show to help us understand some of the never before seen in our lifetime astrological influences heading our way. Ophira and Talia Dude are professional astrologers and identical twins who reach millions of followers every day through their number one ranking horoscope site, astrostyle.com. For the last two decades, they've been the official astrologers for Elle magazine. The Astro Twins bring the stars down to earth with their unique lifestyle and coaching-based approach to astrology. They're also best-selling authors, having written a collection of books like Astro Style, Love Zodiac, and Momstrology. And today they are here with us to discuss their latest book called The Astro Twins 2022 Horoscope, the complete yearly guide for every Zodiac sign to give us some intriguing insights into what the new year has in store for us. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Hello. Hello. Hey, so happy to be here. Oh, it's great to hear your voices. So let's just start off by, I feel like we don't really need your background. I feel like all of our listeners know who you are and have been following you as long as Denise and I have. But I was, I spent the weekend reading through your book, which is just phenomenal. And one of the things that struck me is you refer to this new year as the year of the new abnormal. And I'd love for you guys to start us off by telling us what does that mean? And is it as bad as it sounds? (laughs) (laughs) I can not. No, not at all. Um, The reason we're calling it the year of the new abnormal is because we are unquestionably in the age of Aquarius now, um, and we're moving more deeper and deeper into that in this decade. Um, Ophi can expand a little bit on the Aquarian decade as we're calling it, but what is happening is that there's just no going back. You know, um, Aquarius shakes up the systems, everything from relationships to the way we do money to you know how we work. And it's what the world needs. Clinging to these old ways of doing things is what's destroying our environment. We're not living in harmony with the planet anymore. But now we have technology, uh, very Aquarian as well, influencing and shaping the way, uh, you know, we have to recreate our new systems grounded in the earth as well, you know, and our analog bodies as well as you know, taking into account technology, cryptocurrency, global pandemics, all of these things that we've never dealt with before. Yet we do feel, and the reason we're calling it the new abnormal is because we are now, and given the the placement of the planets, we're equipped in a new way to start dealing with the fact that life as we know it is changing, but we we have to move forward with that instead of trying to resuscitate and revive things from the past that no longer make sense. That helps a lot. So kind of what you resist persist and just act like you're listening to frozen and let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Let it go. Um, or at least 
bring what is still relevant, but be ready for it to take a new form. You know, this may, this may be language that all of our audiences understand. It's like we have one foot in the 3D world and universe and one in the 5D. So we're simultaneously living in linear time and in bodies, like Tali said, but also in this kind of created quantum serendipitous everything's speeding up sort of plane or frequency as well. So it's very surreal. I think we came up with the new abnormal too, because we were asked as astrologers, as you guys probably were, as healers, when are things going to go back to normal? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the answer was never that normal, but we need to create a new one. So, right. And it's a good thing. It is a good thing. It, it's just a little disorienting. It's disorienting when you you know what you don't want or you know where you've been, but you don't yet know what you do want. You're still creating the future um, and that's unclear. So it's a little bit like being a balloon with the air let out of it. You don't quite know where to orient yourself, but it's also an invitation for all of us to step into our inner creator status. You know, a lot of people, because things are so automated for us and instant and downloadable, we don't always flex and develop our creative muscles. We are the creators as well. So it's an, it's a real opportunity to be like, instead of there's no leadership, where's the leadership? Well, look within, look at yourself. Why not you? So we think it's empowering. Maybe that's our Sagittarian optimism, but, (laughs) (laughs) and of course we want to know what signs you two are. So. Oh, for sure. I'm a Gemini. And I'm a Sag. Oh, three Sages and a Gemini. This is, this is so perfect. (laughs) What day are you, Denise? We're December 2nd. I'm the 8th. Oh, wow. Oh, happy birthday. You just happy birthday to both of you as well. And we love the opposite sign magic of a Gemini, Samantha. So yes to that. No wonder you guys are such a power team. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. When are you, Samantha? What day are you? June 19th. Oh, oh, right on the very end. Kind of on the cusp. Yeah. 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 I know. It's very interesting that the North and South nodes have been in Gemini and Sagittarius for the last year and a half, and we're all coming into our karmic awakening. So I know it, you know, the energy has felt to me when I was pregnant with my first child, I was so excited those first eight months. Like I just couldn't wait that last month. I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done with pregnancy, but I'm also terrified to be done with pregnancy. You know, that push pull energy And from Mm -hmm. what you guys are describing about this new abnormal and the age of Aquarius, maybe that metaphor can kind of explain why so many people are feeling kind of lonely and isolated and scared and worried and just in flight, you know, like they can sense that there's a lot we're going to be letting go of, but similar to giving birth, sure, you're going to let go of a lot, but you're going to get so much more in return. Yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely what, what we wrote about in, in the book, in that section about the new abnormal is that 2022 has a lot of commonalities with the year 1962. Jupiter was in Pisces and Aries. It was the year of the water tiger. Saturn was in Aquarius, all things that are repeating again in 2022. And when I think about the 60s in my idealizing way, um, being born in the 70s, you know, it was like a time of, um, 
where people really got in touch with what was important. There was death happening from the Vietnam War. There was, you know, people were loosening up restrictions, remembering that, you know, touching other people, love and, you know, like love, the summer of love happened in the 60s, not in 1962, but it was like the precursor to this era where what was really valued was, you know, the human connection and people were having important conversations about life and death and what you stand up for. And there was a definitely a dissolution of like society, you know, the mad men, 1950s, you know, early, you know, society of cigar smoking bros, women's rights were coming into the um, conversation, mini skirts were, you know, <laughs> so what I think people will be excited about soon enough is reconnecting to the very human erogenous body-based parts of ourselves, especially as the North and South nodes move on January 18th. The North node, which directs our compass, will be in Taurus. And the South node, which shows where we have some collective karmic work to do, will be in Scorpio. So this is a very different energy than the Gemini Sagittarius nodes of the last since that have been since May 5th, 2020, that have caused all this disinformation, separation, arguing over what's true. We're coming back to this very sensual, sexual, <laughs> creative, spiritual energy that I think people don't realize how much they miss. And I'm I'm personally excited for it. Even if it means sacrificing some conveniences, it's um those conveniences have been a disruption to some of our core our core needs that we've forgotten about. Well said. <laughs> I absolutely love that you're everything that you're saying hits my sag button, but it also validates that we're, we are moving towards more unity on a global level, and we have to get this shit out of the way so that we can be there. Uh, one of the things you mentioned in your book that I absolutely adored was when you talked about analog and getting back to the earth and getting back to shutting off a lot of the technology. So when you describe that we have the technology coming in, but also this reconnection with the earth energy, that seems so, so apparent. And also cyclical back to that 1960s energy as well. Yeah, I was I was I was wondering are you getting any intuitive hits as a medium about for the That's year? It. I do. I I think that there's going to be some personal opinion. Um I think that a lot of people right now are tapping into that collective energy and feeling that there's a big shift coming in this in this coming year to 18 months there's, but it's it's not necessarily negative and fear-based of, oh, the Pluto return, are we going to have a big, I, I think it's more getting settled, putting things in the past. This last energy of the last several months has felt so much about endings, letting go, releasing, so we can embrace this new energy coming in. Are you both feeling the same? Yeah. I love the metaphor that uh, Samantha made about about birth too, um, because that really does fit with what you're saying, Denise. When I I remember the moment I have one daughter, she's 11, and I had gone to the birthing classes and all of the things, but when it was time to give birth, I was like, I have no freaking idea what to do. I have no, I have nothing to reference, you know? My mind was like a spinning 
hard drive looking for something that wasn't there. So that's why I think the fear is there. And it's, you know, we fear what we don't know, but what we probably will learn is that something automatic will kick in that we do know. Our souls may direct us rather than our thinking minds, which only have so much capacity. So it'll be interesting to see what drives people creating the next normal that will be overturned in 60 years or something. So, <laughs> well, here's my Debbie Downer moment. <laughs> for <the show. laughs> Go for it. Be the Gemini right. contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> here's the other side of that. Yes. The sixties were great, but the Vietnam war was hell. And we had four amazing leaders assassinated. So there was a lot of resistance and pushback in the 60s. And when I was reading about the Pluto return, could you tell us what that means for us? Because I believe you all had said it kind of is heralding another American revolution type energy. Absolutely. So we've been looking at the Pluto return in the last three editions of our book, actually. And we did a big thing on it in our 2021 version and some some more we carried over into this year. So on uh, February 21st of 2022, but we just like to round it up to 22222 because we like those repeating numbers and it's close enough. For the first time in over 250 years, Pluto will return to the exact same point uh, degree Um, that it was at when the United States was formed, when the Declaration of Independence was signed. And so the same Pluto point of 1776. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about what that's going to mean for the United States. Is it the end of the empire? Is it a a rebirth? Um, So, well, it's going to be 27 degrees and 33 minutes of Capricorn, to be exact, which means we'll soon be moving into a 20-year phase where Pluto, which is the planet that governs death and rebirth and reinvention, it's the, fe- it's the destruction in order for the phoenix to rise from the ashes. So it's everything that we're talking about, you know, the, the, the end of the things that no longer serve us but finding those things in the ashes that still do. So I I think that's where we really are in our history (laughs) anyway. Um, It feels like the right time for that. But when Pluto moves into Aquarius, it'll briefly go in in 2023 and then in 2024 for 20 years, we're gonna see a a long period where uh, technology is becomes finds its rightful place in our lives. For the last phase, since 2008, Pluto's been in Capricorn, and I don't want to get too astro-jargony and uh, date-focused and lose the message here, but since from 2008 to 2024, Pluto is in Capricorn, and Capricorn rules uh, governments, hierarchies, the economy, all the things that have been wrecking bald and reinvented, Um, you know, We started with the first black president. Midway through, we got an orange president. Who knows what'll happen in 2024, but that's gonna be a major turning point. So it's gonna be when our collective karma and all the work we've done with during Pluto and Capricorn over the 16 years really comes to pass. The prior cycle of Pluto and Sagittarius, which rules publishing, totally reformed magazine and book and print publishing brought us the internet and the 
tablets and everything else. So that, well, that came a couple of years later, but information, travel, everything has changed. So I don't know if that answers that anymore, but. No, um, it definitely does. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's Pluto is, uh, moves in like 12 to 20 year cycles. It's a generational planet. And we still think of it as a planet as astrologers and yeah, it shapes periods of history. So Pluto was in Virgo, uh, in the 1960s. And that was, so there were different lessons to be learned then. So we don't have to necessarily think that it will completely repeat that. But there will be, there will be themes of death and loss coming up over the next um, 18 months because the South Node being in Scorpio from January 18th, 2022 till late July of 2023 is going to force us to change and update our conversations around death and loss and it's and there's going to be polarities that are going to get greater but you know we we see a lot of the there there are a lot of recurring themes from the 60s but again yeah a revolution never comes without you know it's like there is a big change a coming and there's no escaping the pluto return it's we are feeling that american revolution with reproductive rights under fire and voter suppression becoming you know more and more of a everyday thing in states it's it's scary so it may take an, a genuine revolution over the next couple of years to to find our our new abnormal again what is demo- pluto and aquarius is going to reform democracy and hopefully we can Hopefully it won't take too much of a toll on it. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Cause I was thinking more in terms of like us backing out of the Olympics in China and China taking the lead in technology. And I was going more global. So I would rather it be in- internal changes here. <laughs> yeah. It's only the Pluto return for the USA, but you know, the Beijing Olympics are at the Pluto return. They do coincide. So Pluto and Capricorn has affected the entire world. So we will probably see some governmental and power structure shifts. There's there's no doubt that China is a, a power that will that the USA will have to contend with in its next Pluto phase. Interestingly, the economy has also been shaken up. The last time, one of the things I love to do as an astrologer with these long ranging cycles like Pluto, like what was happening 250 years ago? It's so fascinating when you look because the US dollar was actually birthed when Pluto had left Capricorn not too recent, you know, not too long before. Uh, There was a currency that uh, called the Continental that the colonists used, and they overprinted it. It was counterfeited, and they created massive inflation. So they ended up having to create the U.S. dollar, and now we see that happening with the U.S. dollar in some ways, and cryptocurrency being on the rise, and now governments looking at having their own federal coin and blockchains and that sort of thing. So there may be a new monetary system ahead born out of these Pluto phases. We're also going through, uh, the USA will also simultaneously have a Neptune opposition too. So every 84, yeah, 84 years or so, there's nep- there's a Neptune phase. Uh, either Neptune is at the same degree or it's opposite. So we had that during the Civil War and World War II. And so 
I am, you know, there, there is cause for speculation that there could be some wars, but not every war is necessarily a, fought as a battle. There are all kinds of information wars and other wars going on. And we do have so. Jupiter going to Aries, the war god, uh, mid-year from May 10th to October 28th. So not to, we're not trying to fear monger here, but the point is fighting, standing up for what's right, dealing with loss, the, fe- the theme of Scorpio being the phoenix rising from the ashes. We are going to, we get, we are going to have to deal with some tough things in 2022. And that's part of the new abnormal is also reminding ourselves of our resilience. It's like, I think we've become, you know, we're moving out of all this Capricorn energy towards Aquarian energy. Capricorn was like, big daddy's going to save me. You know, it was, it's the patriarchy. It's like, I know the government will handle it. The government will, you know, or like just blaming you know, some force outside of yourself. And while it is true that there are things that are beyond our control, everything's gotten so behemoth, there's that personal power that people are going to rediscover in the year ahead too. And I think just like, once we get in touch with that, and even what I think all of us will love is, and, and this is very South Node and Scorpio, personal power, not just in terms of like, I've got money to throw around, but our own collective conscious, when we come together as people or even create a psychic field, I'm, I'm so, you know, like I think about cities where they did transcendental meditation. Um, there've been, you know, experiments to see if that would bring down the crime in cities. And I think it yielded some really interesting results. I, I don't know uh, where off the top of my head, but there are studies that you can read about with that. But I think enlightened seekers and empaths are really going to have you know, shine in 2022. We've got Jupiter and Neptune meeting up in Pisces for the first time since 1865, which is when the spiritualist movement was at its heyday and people just hung out with ghosts and had seances. So uh, mediumship and understanding our power and as Ovi said earlier, the 5D world is really going to develop alongside all these 3D world breakdowns. So that should give everyone some hope here. Certainly does for me. (laughs) Well, I think too, the fact that it's a six year, so there's going to be a lot of love energy. And I know a lot of folks I've been talking to lately, they're ready. They're ready to open their hearts. They're ready to open their world again to the reciprocity with not only other people or circumstances, but also with themselves. So could you chat a bit about the numerology and how that might help balance things out a bit? Oh, sure. Well, when you think about 2022, also it has two, and our our, uh, numerologist, um, Felicia Bender, who's an amazing gifted numerologist, uh, wrote a bit about this in our 2022 horoscope book. So, but she said that, you know, there's three twos and then a zero and zero amplifies everything around it. So two alone is the number of partnership and harmony and caring and coming together. It can even be a little bit of like a, and, and six as well. Six and two have a similar resonance. Six is willing to kind of make sacrifices in the name of love. Six is the visionary. Um, Felicia 
always talks about six being the pregnant belly. So I love that you kind of, that that metaphor has found its way in, you know, it's like, we are sort of all pregnant with possibilities that are gestating and we can't see. And so the sixth year is when we kind of get to design the baby room. And, you know, like it is a time to really give birth to your own creative visions. So it might even be that we're kind of creating these micro realities, micro communities. I mean, a lot of I live in Seattle. This is Tali, you know, and it's, you know, very hippie here. I have multiple friends who have bought land together and they've just decided they want to build intentional communities and create their own values. And that's one way of dealing, you know, it's like, okay, we can't change the outside world, but here's our microcosm. And that that is a way a lot of people may choose. I don't want to say survive because that's dramatic, but survive during a six year to, re- to really restore themselves in the spirit of love and harmony and family that I think doesn't always get supported if you don't fit a certain mold in the outside world. We wouldn't know anything about that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who here is surrounded by crystals? Raise your hand right exactly. now. <laughs> I'm going to build Can an you... intentional community with my crystals, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we almost oh. have enough to build a small yurt. <laughs> Same here. Don't get me started on crystals. What are your What are your favorite crystals? I just have to ask. Ooh, I love it. Hey. Um, Go ahead, Ophi. You know what? I've been wearing a volcanic rock bracelet and not a big crystal bracelet wearer usually, but it called to me recently, I think because it was supposed to be grounding and centering and in this new abnormal vibe, so little is. So I've been really- Yeah, but also helps you for the eruptions of change coming. Oh, nice. I love it. I love it too. And did you know with bracelets, if you wear it on your left wrist, it helps you receive that energy. And if you wear it on your right wrist, it helps you give off that energy. Oh, I did not. I love this. This is amazing. So um, <laughs> let me see. I'm, I intuitively put it on my right wrist today. So I might need to switch it later when I'm, I've given off enough. So. Yes, enough grounding. Just want to see it. <laughs> Tally, how about you? Grounding, switching I... to left. Yep. <laughs> you know what? It changes. Uh, for a while, I was like, in the creative zone with the Labradorite, which is always a favorite, but we were in Malibu recently or in Topanga Canyon. There's this great crystal shop and I got a garnet and I feel like that I'm working with my Scorpio energy with that right now. It's just like blood and passion. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been, I have it right in front of me right here. It's just feels so good in my hand. So yeah. I love it. Okay, well, let's get back to astrology. You guys also talk a lot about the Taurus Scorpio eclipses and this rare event coming up in August. Can you help us understand that? Oh, do you mean the July 26th um, merging of like yes. the, the Uranus and Uranus the, and the North, North Node? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, I can so. jump in, Ophi, if you want. Um, sure, go ahead. Yeah, this is so wherever the North and South nodes are, these are these these points in the sky, they're not actual planets or anything, but they're, they shift every 18 months and they, and they 
show where the eclipses are happening, essentially. So whatever signs the north and south nodes are in, we're going to be having eclipses for about two years. And so, you know, eclipses always happen. A solar eclipse always happens at the new moon. A lunar eclipse always happens at the full moon. Solar eclipses you know, they both are here to reveal shadows. During a solar eclipse, a new moon eclipse, it's like the sun goes dark where it's visible and it's like the lights are off. We have that chance to just really go inward. And in a lunar eclipse, it's like, wow, you're really seeing your shadow. So those themes are going to come up around Taurus Scorpio, which is the way we handle money, our connection to our spirituality, our connection to the material world, food and farming, the the North Node in Taurus, the last time we had that was between, gosh, when was that? That was actually, I don't know right now. It was, it was, uh, no, that was the nodes were flipped then. I just realized. So anyways, there were eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio 2013. 1985. It was 1985. Okay. Thank you. So it's been a while (laughs) since the North Node's been in, in Taurus. And we had it one time before that, but we'll get that date later. Anyways, the eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio are really taking us, highlighting the, the, the need to really be spiritually connected to the earth, to use our in- intuition to reconnect to that again, and showing us where we've really traveled a little too far away. Our moral compass has perhaps gone astray both individual you know and there's a bit of a moralistic energy involved with both signs a little bit you know we're gonna have to be careful not to like judge and shame ourselves but the thing with with these is that uh we're gonna have to just really be more body centric too and 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 Ophi, do you want to talk about the uranus north node um yep, conjunction yep. And I'm remembering 2003 and four with the last Scorpio. That's right. It was right after. After all the economic and yeah. And the dot-com crashes when things started to get a little more stabilized. So, uh, but Uranus and the North node together, I think that's going to have, that's, I mean, Uranus is technology. So there's a, there are a lot of people speculating that, you know, Bitcoin, for example, will be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and may have a crash before then. So that could be a that could be a time for either a crash or a, a, a big takeoff or a time when governments announce their rollout official digital currencies or that sort of thing. That's a possibility. I, I'm also seeing a lot of, you know, the 3D printing converging with health care, the uh, food supply, uh, you know, technology helping us with our basic everyday needs. That's where I think Uranus with its innovation can merge with the North Node, where what society needs to sustain itself on a daily basis. Uh, Uranus is very revolutionary. So where will we see more more justice or equality in terms of the way resources are distributed. It's a very interesting time with Saturn being an Aquarius, the sign of society, and this Uranus and North Node and Taurus. It's very much about like old school and new school. You know, there are there's a strong kind of a, a modern socialism bent happening. There's talk of uh, a universal basic income 
for the United States and adopting models like that. And then there's a lot of people who feel that that would take away from some of the free market things that people want to do. So I think we're settling out how to take some of the models from societies and cultures where people have their basic needs met, but not to the point where there's no no freedom to sort of strive, some, for lack of a better word. I know striving doesn't always have a lot of spiritual connotation, but there's a there's a desire for some people to express their potential through success, but we're not wanting to do that at the expense of other people. So I really think that the next couple of years, while we have Saturn and Aquarius and this North Node and Uranus, both in Taurus, is going to really be trying to work out that place. How can I express my individual ambition and make sure that ever that my my community and my neighbors and the people that I that maybe aren't in my community have enough as well. Does that make sense? Yes, I love that. Yeah, we have more questions. I'm glad to be a Sagittarius with a supposedly philosophical uh, <laughs> sign, and sometimes that means that you answer questions with questions, or one question leads to the next. So. There aren't always answers, but there's a path to some potential solutions that we could explore, new models. The new abnormal invites new models that we could try out, you know, not just taking what's been done. I love that. How does the shifting into this this lunar year of the water tiger fit in? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's another really big shift for all of us to go from metal to water to... Again, optimistic Sag here. I feel like this is a positive. I think that I definitely think so. <laughs> Do you follow the years, the, the the two year cycles of the lunar elements? Denise? I try to. Yeah. I, I try to, yes. And I but you you just explained it beautifully. A question leads to a question, leads to a bigger <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah, yep. spend hours researching the shit out of stuff until we can. Find, yeah, I, I exactly. Oh my god, sing into my soul with that one. Oh yeah, Sagittarius <laughs> life. You know, Ophi has made a great. Um, our actually, our our um, we work with a a feng shui um expert, Kate McKinnon, and we have a whole feng shui and astrology course called home reset that we designed and she made a great metaphor she said the metal years are when you build the plumbing and the pipes and the water years are when you turn on the taps so if if you've done the work i mean the last couple years have been pretty arduous i mean it's just it's so fitting that president biden is on the build back better plan and an infrastructure bill is on that you know it's like that's all of us are dealing with our infrastructures. We have been since these metal years began in 2020. It's like every yeah. infrastructure possible had a breakdown with the pandemic. So and let's, been, give, let's back it up and just give people that calendar. So the, the lunar calendar, it's used by the Chinese Zodiac, but it's also, but it's based on the lunisolar calendar, which is new moon to new moon equals a month, but that's used by cultures all over the world. So we're calling it the lunar, you know, the lunar system. And so every, that's a 10 year system. So every two years are ruled by one of the five elements. The first two years of any decade that ends and zero or one are metal. 
Then the two and three years are water. So metal is about infrastructure, like Tali said. Then water is about flow and uh, turning on those taps, letting things kind of just flow through all the pipes. And then four and five years are wood, which is again, back to kind of a structured tradition. So I think we have two abnormal years of water flowing in all the directions. And then we'll have the wood years when normal becomes <laughs> a word we start. That's a really, that. that's a really good point. And, and add the tiger in the tiger is ruled by the planet Uranus. It is associated tiger. with the sign of Aquarius. So here's some more. So the water is coming on, but it's the tiger isn't exactly an emotional creature. It's very solitary. It hunts at night. It is um, very strategic. It'll stalk its prey for a long time. So um, it's also not a year to make a sudden move, like turn on the tap slowly and gently. Otherwise the pipes might burst. So again, on the note of the water element, we have to talk about a day that's so important for every empath on the planet, which is April 12th. I, I think I, we talked about that. And what's kind of happening in the beginning of the year is that Jupiter, Jupiter is the planet of higher wisdom and philosophy is going to be in Pisces for two phases this year. It starts December 28th of 2021 until May 10th. And then again, from October 28th to December 20th, we had a little phase of Jupiter and Pisces from May 13th to July 28th of 2021 of this past year, which dovetailed with the golden hour of vaccination hope when the masks came off and we went out and we hugged again and mingled. And I mean, we all know that that was not fully resolved. You know, we're, we have another chance to work that out. And so April 12th, uh, Jupiter and Pisces catches up to Neptune in Pisces. They meet at the same degree. That has not happened in Pisces since 1856. And I was talking about that earlier with that time of spiritualism, uh, which was a movement where people were using Ouija boards and having seances and being basically mediumship was thriving. And there were also a lot of con artists too, but you know, of course that comes with the territory. And then there were some really amazing people who came forth then. And so this is a year where empaths and healers and mystics can thrive. And the so the water element of Pisces and Neptune with Jupiter sort of amplifying it is also going to put, and the water tiger as well is going to put a lot of, the tiger is very strategic and scientific. So how are we dealing with water crisis as we have dams, crises, we have dams drying up uh, that we never thought would access to fresh water is still severely limited in some places in the world, clean water issues, desalination, like we're going, you know, water, 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 the, the ocean, warming oceans, we're going to have to deal with that. I mean, yeah, with tornado, super tornadoes ripping through and winds, we're seeing, you know, climate change, but the focus on everything from the ice, the glaciers, melting polar ice caps to all of it. You know, it's like, Ooh, we've got a lot of work to do. And I'm, I'm a little tired just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do an astrological check-in about three times a year on the show. 
And we always get emails afterwards from listeners saying, does that really work? Like, have you guys looked back at your own lives and said, yeah, that fit up with this or this fit up with that? You guys have made some amazing predictions. I mean, I think one of your most recent ones was the supply chain issue. Can you talk to us to help listeners understand how astrology does work about some predictions you've made that you're most proud of? Absolutely. Yeah, that was... um... We made our black swan prediction with uh, one of our in-house oracles, Matthew Swan, and we worked on a really long chapter in our 2020 book. Now, by the way, on our on, in our shop, we this is our 10th anniversary edition of the book. So we have just made available all 10 years of our annual guides. They started as sort of scrappier PDFs. Our first one was 2013, but they're all there because I do believe that one of the best ways to look forward is to look back. So if anybody is interested in finding out what's happening for them in a year between 2013 and 2022, all of those are there. Most of them, I think, are for 11-11. Yeah, we looked at this historic Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened in 2020 for the first time since the 1500s. And one of the things we saw was supply chains, having issues, inflation, stagflation, all things that are happening now almost two years later, because they're both, they were together in Capricorn for the first time since the 1500s. And Saturn is about tangible goods and Pluto is all those hidden forces and power and things that we can't see. So we predicted a black swan event, something that was so off of the radar of what could even be thought of that would take everyone by surprise. And indeed, I I guess we wrote that in the summer of 2019. And then there we were a few months later facing exactly that. So it's really all unfolding. That is something that we're sad to have reported on, but are proud of. We also did uh, in our 2018 book predict Uh, digital currency and a move to virtual reality, multi-sensory reality. Now we have this metaverse coming from Mark Zuckerberg. Lord knows what that's going to be. But we did predict that between 2018 and 2026 with Uranus and Taurus, we would see that, you know, no need to leave your desk or seat or home that you would experience an entire 3D universe virtually. So that's coming, you know, and, and I was just going to, yeah, for people, I know a lot of your listeners are probably, you know, learning astrology now. And I, I think you guys probably are doing that yourselves, you know, as you go and, and, and it's, there's a real embrace of astrology right now in the world, which is very Aquarian age, you know, and for anyone who's just kind of astrology is a, is a practice, you know, you get better over time. So you have to let yourself get a little messy and play. You don't want, you know, if you're still in the, you know, there's a lot of people right now who are doing their first dabble and then they're putting out these predictions as if, you know, it's like, I don't recommend that necessarily unless you really have this clarity, you know, but who who am I to censor anyone? I'm not, but um, take the pressure off of yourself to do that and let yourself play. So get to know the planets. I think Susan Miller is incredible at really, and she really did a great job and set the tone for all of us and taught us all how to personify the planets in a way. She talks about them 
like they're her friends, you know, and we learned that we were inspired by her to sort of take that approach and get to know the planets that way. Actually, her classic book, Planets and Possibilities, is a great one um, for the library essentials. And then get to know the signs. Think of the sign. Once you know the planet, you know, Pluto is a sort of lurking underground, you know, abandonment issue laden addict who's out of touch with it's very unconscious some of the times, but also tantalizing, powerful and sexual and, you know, can bring out the animal in you. Okay. So, you know, Pluto, the sign that Pluto's in is like the costume Pluto is wearing. So when Pluto is in Capricorn, the costume is a three-piece suit. In Pisces, it'll be some leather bondage gear. I don't know. But, you know, kind of just playing with what is the planet going to be? What is the planet all about? The sign it's in is what it's wearing. And then you can kind of start to get the flavor. Well, what would Pluto and Capricorn be doing in this power suit? Going out and buying up real estate, taking a, becoming a one percenter. And then you then you can say, well, we have the Me Too movement, you know, right, right. It's power at the office uh, or, you know, like, look at how all that blew up. That was perfectly acceptable. Uh, Tali mentioned Mad Men earlier, you know, that behavior would now be Me Too worthy. So, yeah, Me Too happened right when five days after Jupiter went into Scorpio. Jupiter is the planet of outspokenness, um, personal power, independence, freedom, you know, speaking your truth. It went into Scorpio, which is a ruler of sex and, you know, (laughs) yeah. So like the Harvey Weinstein, the first reports came out like five days after that. So you can think, and that whole time Jupiter was in Scorpio, the Me Too movement was happening. So shot, you know, it was like shocking to see like all this, that, that power happen. It was amazing. It was an amazing time. It was also Jupiter can go wildly out of control too with things. So it's, so that's just an exact, so what, you know, the last piece of it for us is then going back in history and seeing the, well, what was happening the last time Jupiter yeah, was going to say that what was happening the last time Pluto was in Capricorn and, and you kind of piece it together. It's, it takes some time, but it's really, it's so fascinating. And that's, that's what built our belief in astrology too, because I mean, you can't make the shit up once you see how the cycles repeat themselves, but yeah, we have a post about plagues and pandemics and Jupiter Pluto conjunctions. And we traced back all of those and there were there every Three time in 2020. Happened, there was, yeah. Three of yeah. them in 2020. Yeah. There were three of them. And there were, yeah. One of our other predictions was <laughs> uh, the exact date of the first vaccine coming out, which is an, a vice interview too. So, wow. Um, yeah. That is all amazing. You guys have a lot of courses on your website too, right? Yes, we do. If you go to galaxy.astrostyle.com or just go to our courses link, we have courses in astrology you can learn every planet in your chart you can learn how to read your birth chart so for people who are new to astrology or wanting to deepen their knowledge or really engage with one of the planets in your chart you can do those and then we have courses on feng shui we have our love courses astropreneurs we call them we really encourage because i think when people 
uh, start to learn who they are based on their chart. They want to then maybe have a career to express it. So we have a whole system to help you make that transition into what we call soul-centered entrepreneurship. Whether you quit your day job or start it on the side, we really strongly, as Sag is the sign of the entrepreneur, believe in encouraging, supporting, and giving people the tools to figure out how to make a living doing what they love. That's one of our biggest passions. Oh, that's, I love that. And it's one of the trends I think that's going to continue in the new year as more people are going to start to pursue their passions. Absolutely. We have the whole great resignation as they're calling it, even though that's supposedly mostly service workers. I think the the mindset of the great resignation is, is definitely widespread. Now that people have had a taste of not having to commute and deal with the hellish office politics and all the inconveniences of it. So we have lots of resources to support anyone and lots of experience since we have been entrepreneurs for our whole lives and our whole adult lives, 30 years. And um, we just love teaching people who are here. Yeah. And don't, can't people now get it from our app or is it available? Do we have that available right now? I was, I know we're going to Okay, cool. yeah, we yes. have an uh, we have an app version of our school. It's uh, it's I think it's called Astro Twins Galaxy, and it's you can download it for um, iOS or Android. And if you buy any of our courses, you can do it on your phone, you can do it on a, a desktop, or you can do it right in the app. So, oh, like that it. is so fun. Okay, we will put all those links in our show notes, and I'll post them on Facebook too. Before awesome. we go, I know you guys started in getting into astrology when you guys were in college studying art, do you guys still do creative things? Oh, definitely. all the time. <laughs> yeah. We tinker with some of our website pages and we are heavily involved in like everything from the fonts to the color choices and palettes. Uh, we're lucky now that we have talented, amazing people working for us, but we, um, you know, chime in with our Sagittarian vision, as you can imagine, and yeah, we're are you guys gonna do a deck? <laughs> Sorry. Are you guys gonna do a deck? Oh, oh, Ooh. I would love to. That has been one of our dreams to do. So that are you having I think a design? Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, get to work, guys. We we want to see that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we actually have uh we've written Tali wrote the descriptions for a deck. It's one of those things that we, uh, yes, thank you. Noted. I'll take that as an intuitive message from you. Yes, please do. I think that would be phenomenal. Okay. And that's a water year. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's right. Water's all about creativity and going with the flow and seeing where our creative inclinations lead us. Mm Mm-hmm. And you guys know all about that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having us on. This was so wonderful. And like, it's, it's fun. You know, we spend a lot of time just writing and, and when people ask questions that are so thoughtful and it just gives us a chance to kind of have a retrospective on all the stuff we, we've been working on. And it's like, it feels great to, um, to kind of review that because, you know, a lot of times we're, for me, Talia, I also feel like I'm just channeling and recording that inner voice. And, you know, and it's like, well, I guess we, sometimes you just keep going and uh, you're like, well, we, we really did do a lot this year. Yeah. So 
Damn. I'll say. <laughs> I just want to add one quick little thing is on your site, your bio, anyone who goes to the site, please take the time to read through that because it just shows how long you've been devoted to shining your light, doing this work, exploring multicultural. It's an absolutely, and I don't know if either of you wrote that, but it's so well written and it just pulled me right in, but it also was you're walking in your truth and you have forever. And, and I think that's such an inspiration for so for us, but also for so many of our listeners. So thank you. Oh, yeah, thank acknowledgement you. from a fellow Sag. Tali wrote that. And I encourage everyone to write their story too, because most of us don't even realize how long we've been doing that because nobody's telling our stories for us. So that's a great exercise to do as we move into this water year. What what taps are you going to turn on? What are you going to flood the world with uh, that's positive and nourishing? So, And spoiler alert, our story began with a sixth grade trip to space camp. So enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Looking like a true cosmic coach. Right? Okay, well, I love it. The book is called The Astro Twins 2022 Horoscope, The Complete Yearly Guide for Every Zodiac Sign. We really encourage you guys to check it out. It has a full calendar of astrological events, lunar calendars, so much more. There's numerology, there's the lunar years we talked about. There's so much in there. If you go to astrostyle.com slash 2022 book, it'll take you right there. And as I said, we'll put all those links in our show notes and on our social media. And they've been so generous and gifted all of our listeners with 20% off this new copy. So if when you check out, you can use the promo code empaths20, E-M-P-A-T-H-S-2-0. And that will give you 20% off. So we'd like to say thank you very, very much for that very generous and kind offer. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've been big fans for a long time, and this has just been a huge treat. And we wish you a happy, happy new year. Happy, happy, new, happy new year. year. Let's do 2022 listening. right, everyone. And yes. great to connect with you guys. Lots of love. You yes. too. You, you too. too. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up. Do great work and share your light. Take care.